Hello, and welcome to Simple Man Sermons, the preachings of a simple man called by God to share the good news of Jesus Christ. I've been trying to think of what to entitle this sermon. Uh, A couple of different things came to mind, but I guess the overarching theme of this is going to be your perspective. We'll start our reading today in John chapter 21 at the very end. The very end of the book of John, the very end of the chapter, and the very end of the Gospels. Just to paint the picture for you, this is after Jesus rose from the dead. He's meeting with his disciples. They are resting together. And this is uh, before the disciples knew who betrayed Jesus. But they knew that one of them was going to because Jesus had already foretold it. And Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, that's John, following who had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, If I will that he remains until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Again, two verses down it says, What if I that he remains till I come? What is that to you? Now we can understand where Peter's coming from here. He wants to know who's going to betray Jesus. He loves Jesus. Jesus loves him. You don't want somebody to hurt somebody that you love. But Jesus' response here is just as important today as it was 2,000 years ago. He says, what is that to you? You follow me. So many times in life, especially in today's culture with Facebook and everything distracting us, we worry about what other people are doing, what everybody else has, what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is up to, the wrongs that everybody else commits. But Jesus says, no. Why are you worrying about that? You follow me. It's simple. It's powerful truth. What is that to you? You follow me. What does it matter what everybody else is doing? You're called to follow Christ. And that's hard enough without getting distracted by all the other things in the world. You remember that old saying from when you were a kid that you probably got annoyed with? If everybody else was jumping off a bridge, would you do it? There's some truth to that. I mean, does it matter what everybody else is doing if it's stupid? No, you shouldn't follow that. You should do what God's calling you to do, whatever everybody else is doing. If everybody else is bowing down and worshiping Satan, what is that to you? You follow Christ. If the whole world is turning their back on God, if everybody in this culture is glorifying the wrong things, what is that to you? You follow Christ. This reminds me of another time that Jesus spoke about where your focus should be. I won't read the whole run of the scripture, but I'll give you the background. Jesus is at a dinner party, and there's some people there, and Martha is throwing the dinner party. And she is getting caught up and worried about what other people are doing. She's she's all caught up in worries. She's trying to do a good thing. She's throwing a dinner party for Jesus. But she gets so worried and so wrapped up about what other people are doing. And here's what Jesus said. Martha, Martha, 
you are worried and troubled about many things, but only one thing is needed. He's talking about himself. He's the one thing. In this dinner party, she was worried about getting all the decorations ready and cooking and cleaning and whatever else goes into a dinner party. And Mary was just sitting there listening to Jesus. And Martha was troubled about many things. Here's what she says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary had chosen that one good part, which will not be taken away from her. Again, Jesus is saying, what do you care what everybody else is doing? You're supposed to be focused on me. Don't worry about all this other stuff. I'll take care of all the other stuff. He's the creator of the universe. He can turn water into wine. He can make a fine dinner party. Why are you worried about what everybody else is doing? Stop it and focus on me, the one good thing. That's all that you need. Let's look at another very similar relevant passage about Jesus talking about what you're worried about. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Again, Jesus is saying, why are you worried about all this other... This time it's not what people are doing, but he's saying, why are you worried about all this other stuff? Focus on me. Let me take care of the small stuff. He's so much bigger and so much grander, so much more beautiful. Focus on him. Going back to the Old Testament and the Ten Commandments. Remember, they weren't written for God's good. They were written for your good. God is just as almighty and all-powerful. I think that today's society tries to paint God as this stingy, mean deity that doesn't want you to have things that's tried to hold you back. That's so the opposite. That's the same tricks that Satan used in the garden to deceive Eve. She had all the things that she could ever need. But Satan turned to her and said, God doesn't want you to have this thing that's good for you. But it wasn't good for her. It was bad for her. We have to trust that the one who made us knows what's good and bad for us. If God says that something is bad, do we have to trust that it is bad? And God said, thou shalt not covet. It's almost painted in this society today that it's a good thing to covet. It's a good thing, but it's not. Exodus twenty seventeen: you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, his male servant or his female servant, his ox, his donkey, or anything that belongs to thy neighbors. God says that not for his sake. He's just as almighty and all-powerful and as good a God, whether we covet or not. He tells us not to covet because it's bad for us. Because he loves us and wants us to be happy. What does it matter what all the rest of the world has? You follow me, Jesus says. Don't worry about everybody else. I have a friend that I dearly love. And uh, this is kind of what sparked the thought that led to these sermons. And... uh 
he's a very blessed man. He has a so much, and uh, he has a nice new truck. Like I'm talking a nice new truck, a very nice truck. And uh, last week he was visiting, and we live in a city, and around the city a couple times we saw super you know expensive high end cars, Lamborghinis, you know Mercedes, what whatever they are. I'm not a car guy. Um, but, uh, super nice, super expensive cars. And he, he's looking and he says, you know, I wonder what these people do to get these cars. And he said it more than once. And, and that's, that's coveting what it shouldn't matter to you. If you have a nice truck, if you have a vehicle that supplies your needs, you know, it shouldn't matter if you if he was in a poor small coal mining town in West Virginia and he had the nicest truck he'd be super happy. And he's happy with that truck and he should be happy with that truck. It's a good truck. But if the next day the town went out and bought everybody in that city a Lamborghini and not him cuz he had a nice truck and he still had that same truck, he should be just as happy. The fact that everybody else has more than you shouldn't matter to you. Because you have the one thing that can't be taken away. The one thing that's more important than all that other stuff. Focus on Jesus. What does it matter what everybody else has? If you're happy with what you have, it shouldn't matter. If you love the woman that you have, and ladies, I'm a man, that's just the way that I think. You can reverse it. If you love the woman you have and you think she's beautiful, it shouldn't matter if all your friends go out and get better looking women than you have. It shouldn't matter. You're happy with the woman that you have. And it doesn't matter whether she's the last woman on earth or every other woman in the world gets turned into a Victoria's Secret model tomorrow. If that's your wife, that's the woman that you love. You don't love her just based on everybody else. You love her for who she is, independent of that. Thou shall not covet. I'm not telling you it's it's bad to have stuff. Or to try and and uh, do more, but it shouldn't be based on jealousy of somebody else. It said in in the passage we just read, "Focus on God, and all these other things will be added unto you." God loves you; He knows what you need, and you should trust that He'll take care of you because He will more than more than meet your needs, more than supply your expectations. He does abundantly more than all that we could ask or think. The Bible says, and I believe that, and you should too. But if you're always, no matter what you have, if you're always focused on somebody that has more than you, you're always going to be in this spirit of lacking. And that's where Satan comes in. Eve was made in the very image of God. She had the tree of eternal life before her. All the things she could ever want, walking in paradise with God. And he focused her on that one thing that she didn't have when it wasn't even good for her. Don't be like that. Focus on God and all the beauty that he has. Are you like Martha? Are you troubled troubled about many things when only one thing is needed? What are you focused on? What's your perspective? Are you jealous of what other people have? Are you grateful for all the blessings that you have? Because whatever you have or don't have, everything you have is more than we deserve. Myself included. We're all like this. We all have these tendencies. That's, if, if we didn't, I wouldn't be preaching these sermons. They apply to all of us. 
whatever everybody else is doing. If you see somebody doing wrong, I'm not saying you shouldn't be grieved for somebody that you love that's going down the wrong path or something like that. But at the end of the day, what is that to you? You follow Christ. If everybody else turns their back on God and spits in his face, which is basically what sin is, what is that to you? You follow God. If nobody else prays before they eat, what is that to you? You follow God. Do what God's calling you to do. If everybody else in the world thinks that, you know, the Ten Commandments don't apply anymore and that was some four or five thousand year old thing that just doesn't apply and doesn't matter in today's society, what is that to you? You follow God. You do what He's telling you to do. Doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. The Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And also says everybody will give account. When you stand before God, is it going to matter what everybody else did? God doesn't measure on a curve. Truth is truth. Love is love. Good is good. And evil is evil. And you can't point to what somebody else did. That doesn't justify what you do. The Bible says don't overcome evil with evil. Overcome evil with good. If everybody else is doing evil, that's even more reason for you to shine like a light and do good in this world. What do all the Judases matter to you? You follow Christ. Again, God doesn't tell this to us because he needs it. Because it's good for him. He says it because it's good for us. He made us. He loves you so much and he knows what's best for you. The first of all the commandments. You'll find this many places in the Bible. I'm reading it from Mark chapter 11. The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There are no other commandments greater than these. That's what you're called to. If you focus on God, if you focus on something so beautiful, so powerful, so amazing, it's good for you. If you forget about what everybody else has and what everybody else is doing, and you just do what God's calling you to do, that'll be an abundant, blessed life. Jesus said, He came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Focus on Jesus. Focus on whenever you don't feel loved by what somebody else has done. Don't focus on that. Focus on the fact that he loved you so much he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not see death but have eternal life. Whenever you feel wrong by what somebody else has done, forget about it and think about all the wrongs that you've been forgiven for in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, the Bible says. The Bible also says, bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. It's also written that, though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich. God wants you to have a rich, abundant life, full of good things. He wants you to focus on those things. Don't focus on the nasty things that are going on in the world. Focus on God. 
He is altogether lovely and all beautiful and all powerful. And he loves you. That's the good news. Don't get distracted by everything else. You follow Christ. Thank you and have a blessed day.